This podcast should not be considered as medical advice. If you are looking for medical advice, please contact a licensed physician. But do find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. We all place ourselves in danger to one degree or another when we stand up, but we place our children and grandchildren in even greater danger when we don't. Author unknown. What a time to be alive. Things have always been happening, but I can recall sitting in history class and thinking, wouldn't it be interesting to be alive while these really transformational events were actually taking place? I think that's the problem with school. The structure of it presents the world as if it's fully baked rather than still a work in progress. And now here we are in a world on the verge. On the verge of what is the question, but you can certainly see that we are at the precipice of no return. As much as I see people doubling down into the distractions of the old paradigm, I also see many with a curious bug in their ear. They are often a little slow for my taste, but the switch is certainly flipped. I honestly believe these switches are flipping everywhere. So this precipice we are at is an important one. Will this all become meaningful enough to jolt the collective back on track? I hate to use a cliche word like awakening, but will humanity embrace such a shift? Or will they go back in their hole like Punxsutawney Phil and give us 200 more years of winter? Either way, it's what we came here for. This show is our creation and for our pleasure or pain. We will get out of it what we need to get out of it, and we will eventually learn the lessons we sought after. Dig in and take risk. Wager what you've collected in your satchel and put it all out on the line. There will be no split pot for the biggest loser. It's winner take all. You weren't given this shot to feel sorry for yourself. You're here now with what you know now for only one reason. Hey, Fabi. Hey, Leo. What's happening? What's happening? Well, everything is happening. I know. <laughs> we are... Um, I think we're getting near the bottom of the drain. You know how the spin <laughs> happens much faster as you get toward the bottom. Yes. And uh, uh, it's a uh, very important time. I, I uh, you know, actually, we're recording this here um, late Saturday night. Uh, mm-hmm. Going into Sunday, but you know we'll we'll publish it Monday, and and the big news about what is supposedly going to be happening on uh, today, you know, as when this this comes out, is that Pfizer is supposed to be getting their FDA approval uh, without any of the professional review uh, that is supposed to be done. You know, where where other scientists can. Uh, bring up their concerns based on the data that has pre- been presented thus far, and uh, Pfizer would have to argue, you know, uh, against those concerns. Basically, mm-hmm. the, they're going to bypass all of that. Um, there was a great, um, there's actually an excellent uh, post that uh, I put in the Telegram page, and uh, I thought it was very. It says this was from James Lyons Wheeler. Uh, He says, what the FDA is about to do on Monday with the Pfizer vaccine is an extraordinary betrayal of the public trust. If they approve of the Pfizer vaccine without going through proper professional objective review, each person involved in the process is a traitor to the United States of America. And I I couldn't agree with that more. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Anyway, I, I mean, I'll be pleasantly surprised if it doesn't happen. But the, you know, the New York Times and several other people were reporting it, so you have to feel like you know there's some 
information uh, circling the, the uh, around the normal channels yes. <laughs> uh, about what's to come here on Monday. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, but by the way, before we, 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 we get your thoughts on that, remember to follow us on Telegram at the Collective Resistance resistance podcast or on instagram at the collective resistance uh you know we've got a lot of interesting conversation going on in the telegram group the the instagram group is more just to know when new episodes are published but uh definitely follow us there we're trying to grow that group and we try to give people some look at some news that they may not get in in other places so that we'll let us do the aggregation on that news so that you don't have to and then you just get the 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 highest quality um satire and actual news and science that uh, uh, is is most relevant. Okay. But anyway, Fabi, your, your thoughts though on that? So my thoughts are, I'm baffled with what, and I, and I think a lot of us are baffled with what the elites can get away with. And the elites are probably baffled <laughs> with how much they can get away with because... So many people are just like, yeah, this is like the greatest uh, drug ever. But, you know, it, it is Go interesting. Go get yours. It, it, it is interesting when you think about it because uh, we only see the narrative that's pushed out in the through the mainstream media. and, and But we don't really know. It also seems that the people that will speak up are the people that got the vaccine. And I think that is so curious. I was just at a bunko, neighborhood bunko party uh, this past Friday, yesterday, and there was a, uh, a neighbor talking about how her husband is uh, in healthcare. He's an ICU nurse and the hospitals here are full, which is true, they are full. And but she was talking about how uh, people should go get their vaccine because this is serious. And um, it was I just let her speak. You did, yeah. You, you weren't planning on replying at all. No, I wasn't. And uh, it was all the cliches about you know the flu and COVID. You know, like she already knew. You know, people because I'm sure she wonders, couldn't that be the flu? But She's like, well, because we wear the mask, and that's why the flu is... The flu is gone. It doesn't exist gone. anymore. It's because of the masks. And then it was interesting because she kept talking about it, right? Uh, and at one point, it was so interesting. She said, yes, because uh, my husband has no been noticing that, yeah, you get the vaccine. It is so interesting. Like, you get the same symptoms of COVID-19. And she was just talking to herself at that point. You're just, you're, just, you're just like her. watching her, you know, Talk. it's like a train, it's like a train wreck, you know, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. But then on the same token, and that's the cognitive dissonance again, she's like, yeah, but you know, our family doesn't want to get the vaccine. And we just try to tell them you should go ahead and do it, you know? Well, you know, we, we ran into and that. How does that <laughs> well, make any sense? I, we ran into that, uh, couple that we know, um, you know, through the school today, and, and he's a doctor. Um, I think he's a DO. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but but um, but he's like more of an, in the eye eye doctor. Like right, but I mean, he's a doctor, and he works mm-hmm. in the hospital. Yeah. And and uh, and he was saying that, um, yeah, you know, the uh, uh, the hospital did is full here, and I, I said, so are they prescribing ivermectin to anyone? And uh, first of all, he, he, you could tell he was just kind of even uncomfortable with it, uh, like didn't even really want to kind of admit that he even knew what ivermectin was, which, you know, is interesting because we, we knew her as being uh, at least anti-mask to a certain extent, not not hardcore. Well, her, but uh, their oldest is vaccine injured. Okay, okay. Um, and so... Uh, uh, you know, I, I said, well, are they using ivermectin? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't, 
I don't treat them. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, no shit. You don't treat them. But I mean, you're a doctor in a hospital, you know, it's full. I mean, it's like, I know what's going on out in the cloud because I work in the cloud just because my customers are not, uh, may not be impacted by a specific hack or bug or whatever. doesn't mean I don't know what's going on. So, I mean, the hospital you work in is, uh, uh, they're, they're either using ivermectin or not. And, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, he just act like, oh, I, I don't know. And I'm like, uh, you know, we walked away and I'm like, but I want, I want it. I wanted to say, oh, bullshit. You don't know. You, you know, they're not using it. So it's one of these things where it's like, oh, you know, the, the hospital is full, but uh, we're not doing everything we could do, you know? Well, because the people don't even, that doesn't even come to mind in hospitals. Yeah. Because all they talk about is the one treatment that the media talks about. Well, but but we're, but what we're talking about here though is is these nurses and these doctors mm-hmm. they're there they they have to speak they've up they have to go to these administrators they've been mind controlled and brainwashed I'm telling you I'm telling you the way they talk they can't see anything else they can't see and I don't know if it's because they're paralyzed because they are in the front lines, and they are part of this. They're part of this this uh, mismanagement of care, and they've been part of this for a long time. You know, we know that if we look at statistically, one of the number one killers of humans is allopathic medicine because it's all about making the patient comfortable. It's not about making them... Uh, well <laughs> well exactly because it's not profitable to make them well that's how the industry works unfortunately and, it, but it is <laughs> it's all about the money you know and then we also have uh you know this this thing that's kind of popped up this week i mean obviously the situation in afghanistan has been going on for 20 years but but uh-huh. uh, uh we had this interesting uprising uh by the taliban and then a totally what, changing the subject well I, I i'm just bringing it up just to just to kind of put it in a time capsule you okay. know because i thought it was interesting you know nothing has happened in afghanistan for the longest time right mm-hmm. and, and the reason i bring it up is because i think people need to start to uh, be aware when news may be getting created. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. In, in, Why in, do you think it's getting created? Well, is that I, where I, you're going to get to? Well, I, I, I think that, uh, well, first of all, it is interesting with this. Uh, we, we, are, we are coming up on 9-11, okay? Oh, that's true. We uh-huh. are coming up on yeah. 9-11, and uh, you know, there's some interesting messaging coming out where the Taliban actually gave... Uh, uh, Biden until 9-11 to remove all Americans from uh, uh, Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or, or else, or you else. know. Uh, and, and so I just thought that was interesting. Uh, and then and more interesting things was that, you know, the, the spokesperson for the Taliban actually, you know, he was getting called out for, you know, is, is the Taliban going to promote, you know, freedom of speech in Afghanistan, which, <laughs> mm-hmm. is, which is a laughable question. But, but uh, and then he responded, by turning it around and, and saying, uh, well, maybe you should ask that question to Facebook <laughs> because <laughs> yes. they're not going to uh, provide freedom of speech for American citizens. So why should the Taliban provide their citizens freedom of speech when uh, the, the American government can't even ensure freedom of speech through, uh, you know, the different channels that, that uh, proliferate information. So just really, really interesting. Oh, and then also the Taliban came out against the vaccine. So I, I, I believe what I read was that they are they are not uh, going to allow the vaccine in Afghanistan is 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 what I read. I think there's, I, I, I need to dive into that deeper. But I just thought that was an interesting juxtaposition because, you know, in a certain way, what that does is it it uh, it kind of, you know, indirectly or subconsciously puts the people on our side. Mm-hmm. of this discussion it kind of puts them in the camp with the taliban yeah do you know what i mean i mean i mean and, and that's a weird thing right and so even even though people 
there's nobody making a direct correlation. You know, they're making sure that they're getting messaging out about that. I mean, as if it mattered, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, well, whether they're allowing the vaccine in Afghanistan or not, you know. So, so, so now they're making sure the public knows. Okay, Taliban is for non-vaccinating so we don't like the taliban they're so killing let's go ahead and do it <laughs> let's be different so i i know it's just it's just really interesting and i think that that these are uh these are some mind games personally uh, a lot of you may think that's a stretch and that's fair uh but but uh i'm gonna be honest with you I, i've seen some wild shit in my time yeah. and 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 uh for this story to come out of nowhere like it has and also just the whole thing around Afghanistan, because, you know, Trump was going to do this. He had announced that he was going to do it. Biden kind of gave him crap for it, you know, back during debates and stuff like that. You know, we, we can't do that. And then he he becomes president and then he announces he's going to do it, you know, the uh, this last spring. And, and it kind of like, OK, that's weird, you know, and, and then he does it and he does it in a piss poor way, right? I mean, he he doesn't do it in an organized fashion. Uh, he they left all of this money and treasure. I was just seeing a picture of the Taliban's wearing U.S. fatigues. They're wearing the U.S. Uh, army uniforms. Uh, so you know, here, so here they are. They used to be dressed like you know goofballs with their robes and and, and all you know. And they're uh-huh. wear, wearing the drapes, right? And, and now now they're they're wearing uh, our army fatigues. They're driving. All of our equipment, they've got Humvees and trucks and guns. I mean, it was literally, somebody showed the stats on what we left there that they've now taken control of. And we're talking, it was like millions of dollars. It was 75,000 vehicles, 75,000 vehicles. And and then it was like, I don't know, how God knows how many guns it was. And, uh, um, and then there was even helicopters and things that were left there. I mean, I don't know that any of them know how to fly helicopters. But they left the money? They left money too. There was money there as well. So, probably because they know, you know, it's gonna, well, you, not going to be worth anything here coming soon. <laughs> you know, the the military has a. This is not the first time that they've had money uh, stolen. You I know. remember they were burning things at one point. You were telling me that they were well, they burning. Well, they had the burn. The soldiers were they had the burn sick. pits, and that's probably what they would have done with all of these things in an orderly. Uh, exit they probably would have done something like those burn pits just get rid of a lot make sure that stuff's just not useful right Mm -hmm. for anybody else um rather than pay the cost to to bring it back home and whatnot but anyway that that's neither here nor there i just thought it was interesting to put that in a time capsule and just understand where you might be distracted Okay, because if the attention by the mainstream media is, is like, look over here, look over here, look over it's here. because they're doing something it, over there. Exactly. <laughs> it, well, it's because they're doing something somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, just, just I'm not telling you I know what they're doing, but uh, I certainly think something is afoot. So anyway, uh, so let, let's, what are we doing today, Fabi? Why don't you tell us what's, uh, what's crack-a-lacking? Well, so last week we talked about the mind control. We talked a little bit about... Um, patents uh, from David Martin and his talk with Reiner Fumich. Fumich, or should we say Fumich? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's German. Um, and so we wanted to bring that back because we wanted to kind of tie it with okay, what happened in the 90s? Because we were talking about time capsule, right? Yeah. Uh, the war and then what's happening now where we wanted to tie up tie this time this uh pandemic times with 20 maybe 30 years ago even man you're going way back yeah to kind of give a timeline of some very interesting things or definitely going deeper in the rabbit hole here because it seems like i saw a post the other day somebody was talking about things that you thought were conspiracy theories a year ago like the gain of function research the government being involved vaccine passports the vaccine passports like you're nuts then all this is now coming true so we wanted to just kind of lay it out there that this vaccine is definitely not what he seems and there is proof 
There's proof in this pudding. <laughs> so okay, so from way back. <laughs> so do you want to set this clip up? What are we? What are mm-hmm. we? Uh, so in this clip, uh, this was an interview David Martin gave to um, a Canadian channel. I don't know if it's Vaccines for Canada. I think is the name of the group. And I'll tell you, David Martin, as you've heard in in previous episodes he is so so fantastic he's such a great speaker you know because he just maps it all out i don't know how his mind works but i mean he just chronologically can well because ju- he was he's been part of he's this been part of it no i get this it. auditing for a long time so in this video he's going to explain he had the, this company that started doing these audits of patents in the 90s. So starting in 1998. So um, he's going to explain how they uncover what became the root of their awareness of this current pandemic. So let's you want to do that now? Row that. All right. In 1998, I founded and was and remained the chairman of MCAM, which was Mosaic Collateral Asset Management. And what we did uh, there was we brought the worlds of intangible assets and banking together so that the one asset that is, in fact, a right given to every citizen of the world that is part of the giant trade agreements that once again came out of the Second World War, the one asset that every citizen has, which is the asset of their creativity, innovation, intellectual property, copyrights, trademarks, et cetera, We built the organization that allowed that to be regulated and used as bankable collateral so that small business could have a leg to stand on. And we built that company in 1998. And as a result of the formation of MCAM, we fell through an unfortunate but now fortuitous rabbit hole. And that was that in 1998, we did the first ever audit of the patent systems of the United States, of Canada, of Australia, of the European Union and elsewhere. And what we found quite tragically is that an enormous number of crimes were being committed using the patent system to in fact stand in the way of progress, not to advance the innovation and useful arts for which they were established. And specifically in 1999, we uncovered what became the roots of our awareness of the current pandemic that we've been exposed to. In 1999, we uncovered the biological and chemical weapons patents that were proliferating around the the country and around the world. And in 1999, going into 2000, we first reported on the weaponization of biologic materials in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties. And among those weaponizations was in our first published report Uh, for a number of intelligence and law enforcement community, our identification of the chimeric alteration and recombinant technologies around coronavirus, which in 1999 were first developed to serve as a means by which we could build a vaccine vector at the time thought to be useful for the treatment or prevention of HIV. The problem with that work was it very specifically, beginning in 1999 with NIAID's funding directed by Anthony Fauci, it was very clear that what they had done in their gain-of-function research in 1999 was take what was a normally occurring pathogen and turn it into what was then referred to as an infectious, non-transmissible pathogen. In other words... They actually made it more dangerous to the human and they made it more dangerous so that it could be used as a potential for vaccine vectors going forward. And that was in 1999. In 2002, the weaponization of coronavirus was complete. And you heard what I said, 2002. That's when the spike protein That's when the ACE receptor dynamics, that's when the open reading frames around various subfractions of the protein synthesis that's available uh, using the model created by the coronavirus model, all of that was fully weaponized um, by 2002. And I make that point very clearly because we did not have SARS as a human condition. 
until we had invented a weaponized version of coronavirus. A decade earlier, Pfizer had filed the first patent on a coronavirus vaccine that was a veterinary application, and that was filed in 1990. So Pfizer's first effort to get a spike protein-based vaccine for coronavirus started in 1990, not in 2020. Um, This has been, to restate the obvious, a pathogen bioweapons program that is now over two years in the, or two decades in the making. And it is vital for us to understand that what is currently being called the medical countermeasure referred to as a vaccine does not meet statutory definition of that particular technology because unlike every other vaccine in the history of humanity, every other vaccine is derived from some either fragment of or attenuated version of a pathogen. This particular injection that we're dealing with right now, this particular injection is an MRA, mRNA model, computer generated, not derived from a living or an organic material. This is a computer simulation of an mRNA strand, which was thought to be a means by which we could turn the human body into a pathogen creator. By that, I mean the formation of the coronavirus-associated spike protein. And for the first time in vaccine history, and once again, I'm using that term because it's what we're calling it, and it is not, in fact, a vaccine. It's a gene therapy to create a bioweapon. But for the first time in vaccine history, we are relying on the immune system to respond to a pathogen creation that we first inject into people. So the fact of the matter is we have an unprecedented outcome. And if we go back and look at the patent record, if we go back and look at the laboratory record, and if we go back and look at the funding record, we see that the current pathogen called SARS-CoV-2 was clearly chimerically altered and was clearly chimerically developed in the laboratory so that it could be used both as a weapon and as a medical countermeasure in 2015. University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and we've reported on this quite significantly, funded by NIAID, developed and violated the International Convention on Biological and Chemical Weapons by taking a foreign uploaded model of SARS-CoV-2 and turning it into a recombinant chimeric pathogen, which they said, and I quote, was poised for human emergence and poised for human emergence, not in 2019, as we've been told by the propaganda, but that publication was published in February of 2016, published from work that was done from 2013 to 2015. There is no novel coronavirus. There is a weaponized version of a computer simulation of a fragment that is in fact modeled to be the spike protein analogous to what we've been told is the spike protein associated with SARS-CoV-2. The problem is we do not have anything that is actually derived from an actual pathogen, and we do not have anything that's actually responsive to the immune system that was in fact responsive to a pathogen. This is a a computer model. Computer model, okay, you got the last. Yeah, computer simulation of an mRNA sequence so that it would become a factory of a toxin. So uh, we, we talked about that already, right, in other episodes. If you guys are curious to hear more, go back and listen to previous episodes on, oh, the in silico episode is the one specific that talks about that. Yeah, and, and uh, it's just really an interesting mechanism when you think of the 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 circle that this all went in you know because we're saying that they because remember that this this vaccine again i hate to use the word vaccine but this vaccine this gene therapy yeah was was developed when 
China handed over the code, okay, for the spike protein, okay, which China was given the code from the um, uh, for for the overall uh, uh, virus, the the previous SARS virus, okay, not SARS CoV two, SARS CoV one, which was you know the one that happened in twenty. Uh, well, or, or several years back, so so they like were given, the, and, and 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 that was a um, an in silico, so they're given that 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 uh, uh, basically mishmash computer simulation. They pull out China pulls out this this uh, uh, spike protein sequence. They send that to Pfizer, who then develops this vaccine. So so Pfizer has technically never seen the wild virus. And as we've also showed in some other episodes, nobody, that has, seen nobody that. has the virus. There's no samples anywhere. Uh, you know, there's been several freedom of inf- information requests asking for samples or where samples uh, are located. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think over a dozen countries have said that no uh, samples exist. So there is no debate. There is no dispute that, we 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 and we talked about Cowan. You know, he he went to these people and said uh, so these scientists and said, well, you know, why can't we we get this? And they're like, oh well, you can't um, you can't sample enough to get it to show up. And he's like, well, how how many how many samples would we need? You know, to to get it to show up? And 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 they were even saying, you know, with a hundred thousand samples, you still couldn't get it to show up. So so here again, we we, we can't see the thing that actually supposedly exists and now we're using these hodgepodge uh, um, computer simulations to develop a vaccine so you know really to me and i think he kind of says the long way around there i mean to me i'm not sure there, there there ever was a a pathogen now there is because it is an actual lab created spike protein is the toxin is the toxin you know toxic and it 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 uh, mimics. I mean, it, it mimics the symptoms of COVID nineteen, and now your cells are factories of that. If you get the shot, and we now don't know how the immune system is actually going to to respond to that. Well, and their doctors actually yes, there's a lot of people, but we should save that for for a following episode of what some doctors are starting to report on the reactions of these vaccines in their patients. Well, and and we're we're actually seeing doctors come out and say, hey, you know, we screwed up on this. We now know that, you know, this spike protein is toxic. Mm -hmm. You know, we thought it was just something that we could hone in on saying that right we call that out yeah but now there are there are actual there are actual well-known doctors that are coming out and saying that uh we'll i'll I'll post a link to uh one specifically here i'm I'm reading uh um it says we screwed up we didn't realize the spike protein is a toxin uh does this mean everyone vaccinated is manufacturing their own spike protein toxins in their own bodies? And yeah, that's what I mean, it means. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, we understood the vaccine did to begin with. The vaccines did to begin with. That they the it would the cells would then produce this S one protein. But David Martin does a good job in that clip. Uh, you know that's why he's. A lot of people say, "Well, who is this David Martin guy? Why? Why is he important? You know, why? Why? You know, is he just some dude who's got a lot of free time? You know, because he was reviewing all the. Patents. Yeah, he, he he was the one that was doing. He, and he wasn't even looking for this stuff. This was stuff that he found intriguing over the years, and now seeing where they're taking this, it's all like, "Oh, okay, now I understand why they." Uh, they were doing all that and why we were getting all of this uh, inconsistent data in our auditing. And and uh, so it's all kind of coming together. So, I mean, David is a really fantastic resource to have. We'll not- have another clip of him okay. coming up too. And also I want to say in our Telegram page, if you still have doubts on how nobody has ever ever seen the virus... I posted several of the studies, and even uh, there was 
the CDC, there's a page on the CDC on one of the studies saying there's, you know, not enough quantifiable uh, particles of the so-called virus. So you guys can check that yeah, out. We did, yeah, we did have somebody in the group that, that wanted more data on that. Yeah. So we'll... Yeah, studies and studies and more studies. Um, so, and uh, another thing I wanted to say is we keep hearing, I kept hearing him, David Martin, say the word chimeric. And I had to look that up <laughs> because I'm like, what does he mean? So chimeric means, um, you guys can look that up too on, on Google or no, don't go to Google. Go to a different. DuckDuckGo. Even DuckDuckGo now is compromised from what okay. I hear. So just try some alternative browsers. But composed, it means composed of material such as DNA or polypeptide from more than one organism. So there you go. And then it also says related, relating to, derived from, or being a genetic chimera. Containing tissue with two or more genetically distinct populations of cells. Yeah, I remember uh, I played video games and there were there were characters sometimes that were called chimeras in different games. And, they're, uh, they're, and, and they were like mix of species. Like, you know, it might be a wolf with an eagle's head uh, or something, you know, so... I didn't play very many video games when I was little. Yeah, well, you, now my you, brothers would like shut the door and not let me in the room. Well, now you know. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> Changed my life. Okay, so let's go. Okay, so now we want to talk about the financial aspect of this. We're talking about the scientific, the patents. We talked last episode about some financial, um, some financial. Um, repercussions from mm -hmm. this you know the powers that be were really looking for uh people would see you know companies would see profits and they will follow the hype so we are gonna have katherine austin fitz she had a fantastic interview oh yeah her interview by the way it's probably a, a 30 minute interview uh -huh. and on uh the high wire so we will it link to that so good. it's so killer i mean it's just matter of fact it's just look this was the stuff that was going on you know she was in, in the 90s she worked in a presidential administration you know she uh, and, and i so one, she's a financial expert and former white house official yeah no no i mean so it's great so so let's yeah, go ahead so she and reviews on this interview how the central banking system has utilized economic turmoil during the covid 19 pandemic to advance a plan to centralize wealth all right we're going back into this horrible space where now they're saying we shouldn't even laugh or talk or speak because we might be sharing water particles. And right behind that, I have to believe, is going to be another shutdown of these businesses, of this economy here, the, what was once right, the greatest economy in the world. Right, political control. It has nothing to do with health. Right. This is purely politics. So in 1995, an effort was made to, to get the the federal budget and balance, including the retirement obligations. And when it failed, it was described to me by one of the largest pension fund leaders in the country. He said, you don't understand, they've given up on the country, they're moving all the money out starting in the fall, which was fall 1997, when the $21 trillion started to disappear. So literally, here's the reality. If, if this, is, this is the law of math and actuarial science. If you cannot get a financially responsible solution to your retirement benefits, then you have two choices. You can increase the retirement age or you can lower life expectancy. It's pure math. If you can't get the money, then you have to lower life expectancy or you have to, you have to raise the retirement age. And if you look at what happened after they, the budget deal failed, it's what I call the great poisoning. We started a process where in America, we significantly increased toxicity levels and we significantly lowered immune system strength by yeah. many different variations. And if you look at one of the contributing factors of what I call the great poisoning, it is the heavy vaccination schedule. And if you look at the biggest problem that we know with the COVID-19 injections, it's that they uh, deliver significant lipid toxicity and it looks like they also suppress the immune system. So this is just going to 
continue to accelerate the great poisoning, which is how you bring down life expectancy. And we've seen life expectancy steadily falling in the United States, particularly in lower income groups. And that's what we're going to continue to see. And it's not just this, it's, you know, it's a combination of many different things, as you know, because you've covered health, you know, for years. So I don't need to tell you. Here's what I'm But the confused. reality is... Well, go ahead, finish the reality, then I'll tell you what I'm confused we, about. We're bringing down life expectancy and it's engineered. We're bringing down life expectancy and it is engineered. And I think she hit the nail on the head there. And mm -hmm. really, this is from a lot of uh, components here. We've talked here from the beginning that this was not about a pathogen. This is about toxicity in the environment. Yeah. This is about the body trying to remove toxicity. Mm -hmm. And because we have done such a fantastic job of overwhelming the public with toxins, and that mm -hmm. is... I mean, literally, we can go down the list here again. You know, we're talking about the the building. I mean, you and I, we just put carpet in, oh, you know, yes. and we, we did we did our best. We were like, okay, we we're trying to buy something that had, like when, when the samples we got, we were smelling them, making sure, you know, they mm -hmm. didn't off gas and all. And, you know, we got the carpet just put in a couple of days ago. And it's like, man, we had to have the 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 uh, uh windows open. open it's just nuts uh, and air filter and, and secondary air filter downstairs so so i mean you know here we're even aware of it right and we're still running right up against it mm -hmm. you know we, we we do our best to get you know paints that have literally the, the one paint we buy actually eats toxins as opposed to creates them um, but, but if you look at everywhere you are, uh, in, in, in the, in your life, you are bombarded with these things and your body is just absorbing them like a sponge mm -hmm. and, and the bucket is getting full and full and full. And so typically, you know, in most years you, 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 you'll get sick once or twice and your body will do its job of kind of pushing that stuff out. And now we're getting into this situation where because we are so much on, uh, treating the symptoms and not actually getting to root cause, we're actually suppressing that flushing out of those toxins. Or breaking the mechanisms yeah. of detoxification. Well, and I remember Zach Bush, he put it really eloquently uh, last year when he said, you know, we're, we're seeing heavier um, fallout from uh, things like coronaviruses, you know, like the flu and whatnot, because we had a light flu the the previous year so that means that a lot of people did not get the flu so they did not push out those toxins mm -hmm. so then the toxic load actually doubled increased, up it yeah. increased again for another year so then when you do get sick the next time it's going to be even worse and mm -hmm. so he was like you know it's not really weird that we would see that you know because we had a low flu year the the, the previous year so you know, she talks about this great poisoning. This ties into this this vaccination schedule, which is nuts. You even compare it to most of the free world. We we vaccinate on an unparalleled level from the number of shots that we give, and then uh, how we're creating toxicity with the medicines that we are are prescribing, the foods that we are eating, which are loaded up with you know food colorings and 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 really just plastics and glyphosate. yeah. It, it, so so anyway, so we're in a crisis of toxicity, and and she's really putting a, a a point on it that you know this was really all part of the plan because here's what we can do is we can allow business to get away with you know uh, selling us these subpar products with these uh, toxic ingredients that uh, they make money and you know it, it pushes tax revenues and everything it grows the economy and then at the same time we are getting rid of some of the most vulnerable people which in a lot of cases is the older generation you know they are going to have some of the highest toxic load they're going to have the least capable bodies to to defend yeah so because we we talked a little bit about what could be causing right the pandemic because i had a great conversation with some family members this week about that you know saying okay look there doesn't seem like there's a virus it's, it's just computer generated if you look at all the data that's what you find and they're like but what the heck what's going on and so i saw this meme i thought was great by alec zach uh, so what's making us sick if not a virus and he lists poor nutrition, stress, perpetual fear, 
poor sleep, heavy metals, EMF exposure, toxic cleaning products, overuse of antibiotics, pasteurizing organic dairy, processed foods, refined grains, lack of time in nature, lack of exercise, poor detox pathways, unhealed trauma, vegetable oils, herbicides and pesticides, mold, overuse of pharmaceuticals, poor gut health, toxic skin products, toxic air fresheners, lack of community, overconsumption of sugar, fast food, toxic tap water, lack of minerals, soda, overconsumption of alcohol, smoking, poor oral hygiene, many others. Yeah. But I'm bummed. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have to be responsible for other people that make dif different choices than we do, right? That they go to McDonald's every day. So now we need to take an injection because it's perceived that we would it would be we would be protecting them. Yeah. So 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 think about it. When that's not the, even the, what this, the drug does. So so nobody's uh, giving you any guidance about any of these other things, okay? They're not giving you any guidance about anything. And when I say anybody, I mean like the, 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 the establishment, right? The, the Fauci's of the world. They're not giving you any guidance. I think I've maybe heard him pepper some stuff in about, um, you know, improving your diet like maybe once, okay? But, you know, when we're talking about repetitive uh, uh, messaging over and over again, we get the same stuff. It's the yeah. same three or four things. That's all it is. This is to push a vaccine. So you have to ask yourself, well, I mean, you just ran off a laundry list, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, it'd be interesting to... But to, it's so easy to just go ahead and blame in the microscopic world. Yeah, well, and, 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 the invisible enemies. Uh, okay, got it. You know, I, I also have to say, we, we film this late on Saturday nights, typically, and... Uh, uh, I got to think that this we podcast, well, they I know, but, but I, I have to think this podcast would have a totally different feel if we did this in the middle of the day, <laughs> you know, we're, we're breaking down our prison. All right. All right. Okay? All right. All right. It's going to happen. Okay. It's going to happen. Uh, but anyways, she said it's engineered, right? Catherine was saying it's engineered. And so we want to go ahead and go back to David Martin because he explains exactly how it was engineered all right let's do it okay there was no outbreak of sars because we had engineered all of the elements of that and by 2016 the paper that was funded during the gain-of-function moratorium that said that the SARS coronavirus was poised for human emergence, written by none other than Ralph Barrick, was not only poised for human emergence, but it was patented for commercial exploitation 73 times. Isn't, didn't uh, Ralph Barrick, I think I saw a video clip with him giving a speech in which he explicitly told the audience that you can make a lot of money with this. Yes, you can. And he has made a lot of money doing this. Oh. So for those who want to live in the illusion that somehow or another, that's the end of the story. Be prepared for a greater disappointment because somebody knew something in 2015 and 2016, which gave rise to my favorite quote of this entire pandemic. And by that, I'm not being cute. My favorite quote of this pandemic was a statement made in 2015 by Peter Daszak. The statement that was made by Peter Daszak in 2015, reported in the National Academies of Press publication, February 12th, 2016, and I'm quoting, we need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures, such as a pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit 
at the end of the process, end quote. We need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. End quote. coronavirus vaccine. This has nothing to do with a pathogen that was released in every study that's ever been launched to try to verify a lab leak is a red herring. And there's really nothing that is new in this. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> 73 patents on everything clinically novel. 73 all issued before 2019. And I'm going to give you the biggest bombshell of all to prove that this was actually not a release of anything because patent 7279327, the patent on the recombinant nature of that lung-targeting coronavirus, was transferred mysteriously from the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill to the National Institutes of Health in 2018. Now, here's the problem with that. Under the Bayh-Dole Act, the U.S. government already has what's called a march-in right provision. That means if the U.S. government has paid for research, they are entitled to benefit from that research at their demand or at their whim. So explain why, in 2017 and 2018, suddenly the National Institutes of Health have to take ownership of the patent that they already had rights to held by the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. And how, how did they need to file a certificate of correction to make sure that it was legally enforceable because there was a typographical error in the grant reference in the first filing. So they needed to make sure that not only did they get it right, but they needed to make sure every typographical error that was contained in the patent was correct on the single patent required to develop the Vaccine Research Institute's mandate, which was shared between the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill in November of 2019 and Moderna in November of 2019, when UNC Chapel Hill, NIAID, and Moderna began the sequencing of a spike protein vaccine a month before an outbreak ever happened. A month before the outbreak ever happened. Yeah, so we're going to link the patent that he's talking about. I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, people were talking about the patent, patents and fact checkers said it was a hoax. So if you Google it, one of the first things you're going to see, it's a hoax. Well, it's not a hoax. We're going to give you the link to the patent so you can read it yourself. It is called Methods for Producing Recombinant Coronavirus, April 19, 2002, by the University of North Carolina, North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So you guys can go ahead and read. You can see how the NIH funded it. It's all in there. The, the work that they did. You know, and it, th this goes to um, something we've, we've talked about, at least uh, uh, tangentially, is that there are too many coincidences, okay? You, I mean, you remember we first started talking 
many, many episodes ago about Event 201, which happened in October of 2019. We had the the creator and Nobel Prize winner for the the, uh, PCR test passing away to pneumonia Mm -hmm. uh, just literally a few months before the pandemic uh, took off. we we had uh um uh, i mean there's just there's just so many things that on their own they're interesting but they're not you know sm- mean, they're not smoking not guns this is interesting this is like oh no 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 yeah i'm but this is new this is new this is new for <laughs> it, us but it, it, but i'm it's saying it's new for us but it's not new <laughs> yeah yeah but but I, what, but what i'm just saying it's is almost 20 years. it is is you just ask people ex- explain away all this stuff even on 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 their own but yeah. but but now explain away it all together mm-hmm. okay because there's no there's no uh um just random universe that this just all exists together happening right. at the same time yeah. you know it, it, if we were a mainstream channel which you guys are lucky we're not <laughs> mainstream yet we're really Still kind of flying under the radar. But all of this, all of this information we're giving you would be censored. You wouldn't be able to hear it. You wouldn't be able to follow the the trail, the rabbit trail, the rabbit hole. So um, stick with us and we'll bring more of that. But it's kind of a bleak episode, right? Because, yes, we all know the government doesn't care about any of us, right? They just want control and they want people to work for them so that they can have fun and they can have uh, one rule for them and another rule for us. But we are the 99%. And I wanted to just, Leah, would you play this video of Rand Paul? He was so inspirational. He was in the high wire after, right after uh, Catherine Austin Fitz interview. And I just thought it was amazing. It was very uplifting. Okay, so we're... So let's land the episode. I didn't send it to you, so it's on my phone. You can just play it's this one right here and we can end you're really uh, you, an amazing note i'm big I'm on, to on be being all spont- uh, spontaneous so it's this one no the one above it that one this one yes okay all right here we go fabby just uh screwing up my chi here okay <laughs> It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, You will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person. Local bureaucrats and union bosses, we will not allow you to do more harm to our children again this year. Children are not at any more risk from COVID than they are from the seasonal flu. Every adult who works in schools has either had the vaccine or had their chance to get vaccinated. There is no reason for mask mandates, part-time schools, or any lockdown measures. Children are falling behind in school and are being harmed physically and psychologically by the tactics that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year. We won't allow it again. If a school system attempts to keep children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice 
or where the money goes for their child's education. Do I sound fed up to you? That's because I am. I'm not a career politician. I practiced medicine for 33 years. I graduated from Duke Medical School. I've worked in emergency rooms. I've studied immunology and virology. And I ultimately chose to become an eye surgeon. I've been telling everyone for a year now that Dr. Fauci and other public health bureaucrats were not following the science. And I've been proven right time and time again. But I'm not the only one who's fed up. I can't go anywhere these days without people coming up and thanking me for standing up for them. Whether I'm at work or at events in Kentucky, at airports, in restaurants, or in stores, people thank me for taking a stand. They thank me for standing up for actual science, for standing up for freedom, for standing against mandates, lockdowns, and bureaucratic power grabs. I think the tide is turning as more and more people are willing to stand up. I see stories from across the country of parents standing up to the unions and school boards. I see brave moms standing up and saying, my kids need to go back to school in person. I see members of Congress refusing to comply with petty tyrant Pelosi. We are at a moment of truth and a crossroads. Will we allow these people to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to our society, economy, and children? Or will we stand together and say, absolutely not, not this time. Freedom over fear! Freedom over fear! I choose freedom. And we choose freedom as well. Yes, and we'll fight for it, for us and for you. I still want to tell Rand, uh, Rand, you could have made this exact video last year when Plandemic came out. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, I'll take it, Rand. I'll take it any way that I can get it. That's another episode of the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabi. Fabi, what do you want to tell everybody? Hey, everybody, stay healthy, stay safe, stay curious. 